All right, we welcome you. This is message number four in our series, The Sixth Sense. Let's do a little review, shall we? We've been asking and answering four key questions about our sixth sense or our conscience. First question was, what is our conscience? And we said that our conscience is that that built-in indicator of right and wrong. And every human being created in God's image has this automatic guiding and warning system. We all possess this, our conscience. Question number two, what is the cost of ignoring our conscience? And we said there are four types of consciences in the Bible. There's a conscience-stricken conscience where that initial warning goes off that something is wrong. Then there's a guilty conscience. If we ignore the initial warning and we turn to sin, well, then we begin to feel guilty. We feel dirty. And then there's a corrupted conscience. If we continue with a guilty conscience, not confessing our sin, our conscience will reprogram itself to a lower standard of morality. And we will no longer feel guilty about the things we once did. That's a corrupted conscience. But then there's a seared conscience where after years of ignoring a guilty and corrupted conscience, our conscience becomes hardened, non-responsive, just as good as dead. And that's why we have today in our world people that can steal and rape and murder and not feel any remorse. And we shared that it's not God's plan for anyone that we would go down the road toward conscience suicide. Question number three in our series, what are the benefits of a good conscience? And we talked about six amazing benefits that come to the person who develops a good, clean, and clear conscience. And we called those our six P's. We said peace is the first thing that comes when you have a good conscience. You have an inner peace, not an accusing or condemning conscience. And then protection. We are protected from harm. We find ourselves not in jail. And then power. We live with this inner sense of confidence and boldness. And then priorities. We live with godly priorities that guide our life when we have a good conscience. And then people. We're better, we're better able to communicate with and love people. And finally, patience. When your conscience is good, you have this remarkable patience with people. And why is understanding and training our conscience so important? We have shared that when our body is right, we are healthy. When our spirit is right, we're holy. But when our soul is right, our conscience is right, we are happy. There's no such thing as a happy person without a good, clean, and clear conscience. This morning, we're going to answer question number four, and it's this. How can I develop a good conscience? You say, Pastor Mark, been here the whole time, and I want this. I mean, this series is speaking to my heart, my life. I want a good, clean, and clear conscience. Is it possible? You don't know everything about my life and where I've been, but is it possible for me to have and develop a good, clean, and clear conscience? And the answer is yes, absolutely yes. God wants all of us to live with a good, clean, and clear conscience. And he tells us how to acquire it. God wants every person in this room, or if you're watching on video, 
to be able to go to bed at night with a good, clean, and clear conscience and wake up with a good, clean, and clear conscience. Is it possible? Yes. I want you to listen to these scriptures that I've listed on your outlines, and they describe the condition of various people in the Bible, their consciences. People just like you and me. People who struggled in life. And yet, this is written in the Bible describing their conscience, and it can describe yours as well. The Apostle Paul said this in Acts chapter 23, verse 1. I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. Paul is saying that he had a good conscience. Remember, Paul at one time, he killed Christians. There is no sin so bad that it can keep you from possessing a good conscience. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, my conscience is clear. Then you look at someone like Peter. In 1 Peter 3.16, Peter talk, wrote about keeping a clear conscience. Peter denied even knowing Jesus, yet he arrived at keeping a clear conscience. You listen to the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18, where the writer said, we are sure we have a clear conscience. You see, it's possible to know for sure that you have a clear conscience. Look at King Abimelech in the Old Testament in Genesis 20, verses 5 and 6, where he said, I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in a dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. King Abimelech lived with the knowledge that he had a clear conscience. And notice, God sees and acknowledges when we have a clear conscience. That's powerful. The bottom line is this, it's possible, yes it is possible to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience. Watch this, if you know how. It's possible to do a lot of things in life if you know how. But if you don't know how, that's going to make it hard. Fortunately, the Bible tells us how to arrive at a good, clean, and clear conscience. And so this morning, we're answering the fourth question. How can I develop a good conscience? There are six biblical practices that have followed will lead you into a good, clean, and clear conscience. And the whole point is learning to rearrange your life so that these practices become part of the normal way that you live. That's the challenge. If you're up for the challenge, it will lead you to victory. So let's go through these six practices this morning. First way to develop a good conscience is the word training. Can you say that after me? Repeat that. What is it? Training. Now, Acts 24, verse 16, Paul said this, I strive always. Would you underline that phrase, I strive always, to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Wow. Now, look at that word strive. I want you to see it there in the Bible or on your outline. It's the Greek word eskeo, and it literally means to work, to labor, or toil. And Paul is saying, I work, I labor, I, I toil always to keep my conscience clear. Paul is telling us in this verse that if we want to keep our conscience clear before God and man, it's going to take continual striving. In other words, if you want a good conscience, it's going to take work to arrive at that. 
work on your part. If you want a good conscience, you must train your conscience. If you want a good conscience, you must exercise it appropriately. Paul said something similar in 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8 on your outlines. Train yourself. Would you underline train yourself? There's something you're to do in relation to yourself, and that's train yourself to be godly, to have a godly conscience. And he he goes on to say physical training has some value, and we put a lot of effort into physical training. But godliness, that's training the conscience, has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So, So let's be honest, you know. The current condition of our conscience, just think about it, whatever it is this morning, and you alone, God, know, and God knows everything about your conscience and its condition right now. The current condition of your conscience is the result of the training or lack of training that your conscience has received in the past. You have to be willing to say that. That only makes sense. If you want to change the condition of your conscience, you must be willing to change the training of your conscience. So if you're not willing to change how you train your conscience, you might as well pack your bags and just go home. But if you're willing to change some things about how you train your own life, how you discipline your own life, and especially how you treat your own conscience, and enter into a training program, oh my, (laughs) can your life ever change? You see, If your conscience is, again, your built-in indicator of right and wrong, your conscience is not God, your conscience is not the Holy Spirit, your conscience is not the Bible, your conscience is a part of your being within your soul. It defaults to the highest level of morality or standard of good or standard of right that you have programmed your conscience to function with. That's right. You have programmed your conscience in a certain way because of the training or lack of training that you have put it through. If you want to have a good conscience, you need to have a good training program. You see, your conscience responds. It informs you on the basis of how it has been trained. Your conscience is speaking to you all the time on the basis of how you've trained it. Your body, think of it this way, is kind of like the hardware. And your conscience is the software. Some of us know, we get computers and we add software to our, and we have a brand new program. Some of us are just becoming aware that we have this software that's moldable and shapeable, and it informs us. If you want a good, clean, and clear conscience, you're going to have to train your conscience accordingly. And it's going to take work and constant work, but I can tell you it's totally and completely worth it. Again, Paul said, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. There's no such thing as achieving a good, clean, and clear conscience without constant attention, constant work, constant labor, constant toiling, constant sweat and labor. But it is totally and completely worth it. So if you want to have a good conscience, it's going to require training. You say, well, what kind of training? Number two, the training will will require 
confession. Now watch this. All of us at times are going to hear our conscience warning us. And the warning comes in all sorts of... This is your conscience, okay? And the warning comes in all sorts of different ways. You know, sometimes you'll just get, hey, wait a minute, Mac. Hey, wake up, you idiot. What are you thinking, you know? The conscience is going to speak to you in all sorts of different ways depending on what's going on. And when it's really serious... When it's really serious, that happens. Now watch this. There are times that all of us are not going to listen to the warning of our souls speaking to us, shouting to us, whatever, that voice. We're not going to listen to it. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to sin. Question. This is the important question. What are you going to do when you sin? What are you going to do when you've crossed the line and have descended, have entered into a guilty conscience? Guilt is the result of not listening to your conscience and choosing sin. Now you have a guilty, dirty conscience. And guess what? All of us, all the time, are going to face this. Because all of us, all the time, at times, do not listen to our conscience. We defy our conscience and we choose sin, the question becomes, what are you going to do when you get a guilty conscience? Here's your training. You must strive. You must work. You must toil. You must sweat to confess your sin. Warning, do not conceal your sin. Do not hide your sin or your guilt. If you conceal your sin, that is one step closer to a corrupted conscience, and then one step closer to a seared conscience. It's so important to get into the habit of quickly confessing our sin. This is what Bill Bright talked about when he talked about the whole concept of spiritual breathing. It's a powerful concept that changed my life years ago when I understood it. You know, breathing is essential to life. If you stop breathing, you die. As a matter of fact, every single day, the average human being takes 23,040 breaths a day. It's essential for life. Watch this. You know what's essential for you to live a happy life? If you're a Christian, you must practice spiritual breathing. What is spiritual breathing? You breathe in the Word of God. Take it in. You breathe out sin. You confess sin. When? Immediately. It's the discipline. It's the practice. You don't wait till night. You don't wait till the next day. You don't wait for a week later, a month later. Some of us are in that practice, and that's why our conscience is so messed up. Because we sin and we hide it. No, 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 no. Just like breathing, you're called to confess sin, like immediately, as soon as you can. Confess that sin and experience the cleansing of your conscience that God wants you to have. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences 
from acts that lead to death so that we can serve the living God. You see, the, body of, uh, the blood of Christ has the power to literally cleanse, wash clean your dirty conscience. So it has no sin, so that it's without spot or stain, completely cleansed, completely washed, completely purified, completely holy. I can forgive you if you wrong me, but I can never cleanse your conscience. That is something that only God can do. Only God can cleanse you, and God promises to cleanse you completely and totally, cleanse you of your guilty conscience if you will come to him and confess, practice spiritual breathing, your sin. To confess simply means to agree with God in our hearts about our sin, that it's wrong. For, look at 1 John 1, 1.9 in your notes. If we confess our sins, would you just underline that in your notes? If we confess our sins, he is faithful. That means he will do it. And he's just, he's true. And will what? Forgive us our sins. And would you underline purify us from all unrighteousness? Please do not let the familiarity of that verse somehow diminish its absolute power. That's incredible. You're kidding me. If we confess our sin, if we agree with God concerning our sin, he will absolutely wipe and our, our conscience clean, pure. That's amazing. Albert Camus, he wrote this. He wrote, a guilty conscience needs to confess. A work of art is a confession. A work of art for a human being is a confession. And I would add this, and a miracle of God is cleansing, wiping clean a dirty conscience. David said, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. That, that's incredible. This is the kind of God we have. He loves us so much. Even when we say no to our conscience, we try to drown out our conscience, yet when we come to him and we confess, he cleanses. If you want to have a good, clean, and clear conscience, it's going to require confession, beloved. That's part of the training program that you enter into, and not delayed confession, but immediate confession. If you're really wanting a good, clean, and clear conscience, this is the training program you need to enter into, not delayed confession. But I mean immediate, constant, just like you're breathing, confession, agreeing with God about our sin. Third practice to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience is listening. If we want to have a good, clean, and clear conscience, we must learn, watch this, to listen to our conscience. Remember, our conscience is our soul's built-in warning system. Our conscience has a voice. It confirms our good behavior. It convicts us of our wrong behavior. And our conscience is constantly speaking to us. Question, have you trained yourself to listen to the voice of your conscience when it speaks? Have you done so? <laughs> this is my cell phone. It's interesting, my cell phone, I can turn my cell phone to ring or silent like I'm doing right now with just a flip of the switch. That's it. Right now, it's on ringer, now it's on silent. Ringer, silent. You can turn your conscience to ring or silent with a flip of your will. 
So what mode is your conscience in right now? How are you going through life? What is your practice? If you want a good conscience, you must turn it to ring so that you can hear your conscience speaking to you. You see, your conscience is there as a gift of God to lead you into God's very best for your life. Your conscience is not the enemy. It is the greatest blessing that God has created you with. If you train yourself to listen to your conscience, it will lead you, watch this, into peace in your heart. It will lead you into protection and power and priorities and people and patience. Watch this. If you're a Christian, you not only have a conscience, but watch this. You have on top of that the Holy Spirit who lives within your being. Question, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in relation to my conscience, the built-in indicator of right and wrong? I have my conscience. The Holy Spirit also indwells my life. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Listen closely. The conscience will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak to your conscience, confirming it or convicting it. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans 9.1 on your outlines. I speak the truth in Christ. Paul's saying, I'm speaking the truth. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, you have your conscience, built-in indicator of right and wrong, but you also have the Holy Spirit in you, a double blessing, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your conscience all the time, confirming your conscience at any given moment or convicting your conscience at any given moment. But boy, you can turn it to ringer or silence with a flip of your will. How are you training your life? How are you training your conscience? How do I develop a good conscience? Learn to listen to your conscience and watch this and then do what it says. Wow. What do you mean by that, Mark? Do what it says. Well, that's going to mean different things because your conscience will say all sorts of different things to you based on what you're doing. Sometimes it's going to mean turning off that TV program or turning off your computer. Sometimes it will literally mean throwing out your computer. I know men who have had literally, they can't live with a computer. They've had to throw it out. That's what their conscience informed them to do. Sometimes it means uh, apologizing to someone at times. Years ago, there was a Saturday, and I just kind of had a Saturday all by myself. And this is when they had video stores. And I go to a video store. I'm like, man, this is going to be an awesome day. I'm going to go home and just watch a manly video. So I'm looking through all the different videos, and I go, this is an awesome shoot 'em up one. My conscience is saying, not the best choice, Mark. But I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm to drown out the conscience, you know? So I like take that video, and I go up there, and I pay for it and everything. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. I turn around to walk out, and the voice behind the counter that sold me the uh, DVD or rented it to me said, have a great evening, Pastor Mark. <laughs> I walked out the door, and then I stopped, and I went, are you kidding me? And I walked right back in. I handed her the video, and I said, you know what? I should not be watching something like this. And I turned around and walked out. 
that's the training program you have to be willing to enter into because your conscience will tell you all sorts of things. Number one, will you hear it? Number two, will you listen to it? Sometimes it means admitting your sin and, and asking others to forgive you. I can't tell you the amount of times I've had to go to my wife, Tracy, or my son, Josh, right there, or even some of you, things I've said, I get paid to speak, and sometimes I say things that, you know, are not the most edifying or kind, and I've had to ask forgiveness many times because my conscience is speaking to me. But as you learn to, we're talking about how you develop a good, clean, and clear conscience. You've got to listen to that conscience and then do what it says. And t- sometimes it's a very humbling thing that your conscience says you need to do. And yet that's where the healing comes from. Wow. So part of the training program is learning to listen to your conscience. Remember Benjamin Franklin said a good conscience is a continual Christmas. <laughs> if you want a continual Christmas in your life, You've got to learn to listen to your conscience. You know, uh, my prayer each morning in my quiet time is a prayer that David prayed, and I, I've given it to you here. It's a powerful prayer. It's a, it's a bold prayer to pray, but it's there in Psalm 139, 23 to 24, where David said, search me, O God. That's my conscience. So when I wake up, I say, Lord, Holy Spirit, search me. That means sift me. That means go through every nick and cranny. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's part of the training program if you want a good conscience. Fourth biblical practice to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience. Number four is avoiding. Now, this is so simple, but it is also so profound. If you want a good, clean, and clear conscience, you must train yourself, watch this, to avoid Avoid what? Sin. Look at 1 Timothy 1.5. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience. Would you underline pure heart and good conscience? Notice, a pure heart and a good conscience always go together. In other words, if you want to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience, you must maintain a pure heart. You say, how do you maintain a pure heart? Simple. Avoid sin. Distance yourself from sin. Keep away from sin. Run from sin. Paul said in Acts 24, 16, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. If you want the reward of a good, clean, and clear conscience, you must strive, you must run, you must distance yourself from sin. You see, now just think about this practically. If we discipline our lives in such a way as to minimize our exposure to sin, we reduce the number of times we will encounter a stricken conscience, which will reduce the number of times we will have to deal with a guilty conscience, which will reduce the number of chances we'll have to deal with a corrupt conscience, just by avoiding sin. Some people, it seems, are always dealing with a guilty conscience. And why? They have not disciplined their lives to avoid sin, to run from sin, to distance themselves from sin. And they're kind of like the description that Peter gives of certain people in 2 Peter 2.22, where Peter says, of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow, 
that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. What a picture of a certain type of person. A dog returning to its vomit. A pig returning to the mud. Unable to avoid the sin, just always in it, and therefore always dealing with a guilty conscience. 1 Timothy 4.16, watch your life, said Paul. Watch your conscience. Watch where you go, where you walk, and your doctrine closely. That's what you speak and what you believe. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself, that's your conscience, and your hearers. How can we develop a good conscience? Simple. Avoid sin. And you have the power to do that in Christ Jesus. We can all do all things through Christ who gives us strength. If we will train ourselves in that way, story is told about a wealthy man who lived atop a very treacherous hill with a very windy road, steep road, and he was getting up in age himself, and he wanted to hire a chauffeur to drive his wife back and forth to doctor appointments. And so he put an ad in the paper, chauffeur wanted, and, and so three gentlemen, you know, came in for interviews. And his question to each of the gentlemen was one simple Uh, question that he asked of those being interviewed, and it was this, how close can you get to the edge without driving off? And the first driver said, I can put my tire right on the edge of that road and cliff and drive all the way down the hill, not a problem. And the second driver said, I can hang my tire, half of it, off the cliff without falling off. And then he asked the third driver, How close can you get to the edge without driving off? And the third driver said, Sir, it's my understanding that you want me to drive your wife back and forth to the hospital. Your wife is the most precious thing to you. My goal will be to stay as far away from the edge of that cliff as possible. And the man said, Hired. And God says, You got a clear conscience. You make that kind of commitment to stay as far as possible. That means rerouting what you do, where you go. That means talking about where you're struggling with sin, confessing it to others, whatever it takes, beloved. Do you want a clear, clean, and good conscience? You've got to avoid sin. You've got to get help. You've got to do whatever you need to do. And your conscience will inform you what you need to do. Hmm. Let me give you a fifth way to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience, and it's the word holding, holding. If you want a good conscience, there's something you and I must hold on to with all of our mights. 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19, Paul said, fight the good fight, <coughs> holding on to faith. Would you underline that in your notes? Holding on to faith and a good conscience. Now notice, holding on to faith and a good conscience go hand in hand. You see that? They go together. They're in the same phrase. Same sentence. Holding on to faith is another phrase for, watch this, holding on, watch this, to the Word of God. That's what it means to hold on to faith. It means hold on to the Word of God, beloved. In other words, if you want a good conscience, you must hold on to the Word of God. You must read the Word of God. You must train your conscience with the Word of God. You must flood, saturate your conscience with the Word of God. You see, the Word of God informs your conscience about God's standards 
for right and wrong. The Word of God shapes your conscience so that it can function and respond the way God wants it to function and respond according to His standards, not the world's standards, according to His will, not the world's will. And just think about this. Think about this. If the Word of God is not informing your conscience of right and wrong, what is? Is it the world? TV? Movies? Is it books you're reading? Relationships? People you're talking to? Is your rationalization informing your conscience? I mean, what, what is informing your conscience of right and wrong, beloved? If it's not the Word of God, what is it? Conscience is kind of like a sponge. You're the one that's allowing whatever information into it, you're letting into it. If it's not the Word of God, wow. You know, the Bible says, Romans 12 too, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That is, don't allow your conscience to be conformed to the ways of the world, the way the world is saying. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is, allow your conscience to be transformed by this book, the pure word of God. One person said this, very powerful statement. He said, the conscience functions like a skylight, not a light bulb. Your conscience is a skylight. It's what lets the light in. It receives it lets light into the soul. It does not produce its own. Its effectiveness is determined by the amount of pure light we expose to it and how clean we keep it. Wow. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Isn't that powerful? This, this is light right here. The word of God is light. We must let the Word of God shine its light into and onto our conscience and program it, inform it, so it functions according to God's standards. Our job is to hold on to the Word of God, read the Word of God. Then the Word of God will inform our conscience, train our conscience, program our conscience, so it functions and responds according to God's Word and according to God's will. That's why a scripture like Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Beloved, I need to share with you, this is why I read four chapters in the Bible every day. Every day. Two in the Old Testament, two in the New Testament. Every day. Every day. Why? There are so messages that come, so many messages that come from this world. I do not want those messages informing my conscience. I want a good, clean, and clear conscience. And I know that is going to only come skylight as the Word of God penetrates and speaks to my conscience about what God's will and His Word is and how my conscience should function. I mean, when we, let, when we just saturate our conscience with the Word of God, our conscience then will work in tandem with the Holy Spirit, confirming our good behavior, convicting us of wrong behavior, and watch this, leading our lives into God's amazing plan and will for us 
It's all about your life being led into the abundant life that God has for you. And your conscience is there to lead that. But if your conscience is not being informed by God and the world is informing your conscience, you're going to be led into the ways of the world. Hmm. How do we develop a good conscience? Develop a program in your life where you are reading this book daily, letting lights penetrate your conscience powerful. Sixth practice for developing good conscience is keeping, keeping. Now, if you follow these five biblical practices that we've mentioned thus far on how to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience, watch this. You will arrive at a good, clean, and clear conscience, guaranteed every single time. Now, watch this. Once you acquire a good, clear, and clean conscience, This is something, watch this, you never want to lose. This is something you want to keep and protect it with every ounce of your being. You see, a good conscience, I think you're getting this, is absolutely priceless. A good conscience is something of immense value. A good conscience is incredibly precious. Ladies, if you find a man that has ordered his life in such a way as develop a good conscience, marry him immediately. (laughs) Men, if you find a woman who has ordered her life in such a way as to develop a good conscience, marry her immediately. If you're dating and you discover that he or she does not have a good, clean, and clear conscience, run from them. They will shipwreck your future marriage. If you're a young person listening to this, this is so important for you. And I'm looking right at you right now if you're watching this on video. This is so critical. And for those of us who are adults, we, I know we're thinking back to moments in our life, critical juncture moments where I know we're thinking, man, if I could only go back then and I would know now, right, what I'm hearing and I didn't and all that. But God takes us right where we're at. But you're young. You're a young person listening to this. Wow. Cherish this. The Bible says keep this. That means guard it. That's why Peter talked about keeping a clear conscience. Once you have a clear conscience, you do everything you can to keep it, to maintain it, to protect it, because it is so valuable. Albert Einstein, I don't often quote him, but he said, never do anything against conscience, even if the state demands it. You know what he's saying? Keep a good conscience. Ellen White said, the greatest want of the world is the want of men, men who will not be bought or sold, men who in their inmost souls are true and honest, men who do not fear to call sin by its right name, men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole. She is describing keeping a good conscience. Martin Luther said, I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. Martin Luther was keeping a clear conscience. Martin Luther King Jr. said, there comes a time when one must take a position. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to take a position and enter into a training program 
Martin Luther King Jr. said, there comes a time, though, when we must take a position that is neither safe nor popular, but he must take it because conscience tells him it is right. Is it possible to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience? Absolutely it is. It's there for the taking. This is what God wants for your life. It's not rocket science. God gives us six biblical practices, if followed, will absolutely every single time, time after time after time, lead to a good, clean, and clear conscience. Guaranteed. Training. Train your conscience appropriately. Confession. When you sin, confess your sin immediately, sincerely, and receive a cleansed conscience. Listening. Learn to listen to your conscience. Do what it says. Avoiding, stay away from sin. Holding, program your conscience by reading, devour, saturating your conscience with the Word of God and keeping. Once you have a good, clean, and clear conscience, keep it and protect it at all costs. Wow. I want you to take a few moments at your tables now. Of the six ways to develop a good, clean, and clear conscience, which one, as you look at, is kind of like, That's the easiest one, I think, for me. And then would you share which one to you would be the hardest to implement? Take a few moments. Talk at your tables. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Well, this morning, you know what we have done? We have answered the fourth question in our series. How do you develop a good, clean, and clear conscience? Paul, Peter, the writer of Hebrews, King, Abimelech, all developed a good, clean, and clear conscience. And guess what? So can you, so can I. It's going to take some work, striving. But you can have this type of conscience, and it is so worth it. When our body is right, we're healthy. When our spirit is right, we're holy. When our soul, when our conscience is right, we're happy. If you want a good, clean, and clear conscience, you must work for it. Paul again said in Acts 24, 16, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. I strive always. And that will mean entering in to a training program different than what you've ever maybe had before. It's going to require a training of confession, a training of listening to your conscience, confessing your sin, listening, avoiding sin, holding on to the Word of God, and then keeping that clear conscience when you have it. Personally, I am a fellow striver in this area. I've I've never arrived at a perfect conscience. I'm always striving, working regarding this area in my life. But I can tell you it's so awesome to go to bed at night And to wake up in the morning, and I know many of you know this feeling, with a good, clean, and cleansed conscience. I mean, that that is a gift of life. It really is. You follow these six principles, and it will lead you to arrive at that type of a conscience. Now, we entitled this entire series, The Sixth Sense. And it's my prayer that as you move, move forward in life, regardless of your age, you will do so realizing God has given you six amazing senses. He's given you eyes to see and ears to hear. He's given you a nose to smell, a tongue to taste, hands to feel. But He's also given you a conscience 
this amazing built-in indicator of right and wrong to guide you into the abundant life that God has for you. I mean, if you're a young person listening to this, you have your whole life ahead of you, marriage and family, and one day your occupation. All of that is ahead. And I can tell you with 100% conviction and certainty, the type of conscience you form will absolutely impact all of your future. And God has given you this, this special entity called your conscience (laughs) to lead you into his amazing plan for your life. My prayer is that you will experience truly what Benjamin Franklin talked about. A good conscience is a continual Christmas. All sorts of things may and will happen to your life on the outside. You may get sick. You may lose your job. You may lose your friends. They may move away. But how amazing on the inside to maintain a good, clean, and clear conscience. That, that's a continual Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've not only created us and given us a conscience, this built-in indicator of right and wrong, but you tell us how it operates. You tell us how we can live with a good, clean, and clear conscience so that we can experience the abundant life that you offer. Jesus, you said that you've come that we might have life and might have it to the full. And maybe you want to pray a prayer something like this this morning as we move toward wrapping up this whole series. God sees your heart. He sees your conscience. He sees everything about you. And maybe you just want to say, Lord, this is what I want. Give me the wisdom to train my conscience and give me the courage and the discipline to train my conscience with confession, with listening, with avoiding, with holding on to your word, And then when I have it, let me keep it in your power and by your grace. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. 